HK podcast, or also known as Track. I'm your host, Steve Phoebe, and joining me today is, well, no one, as I'm on my top lonesome. Yes, all alone. But not to worry, we have a great interview this episode with the beast of the heat, Hoon Ching Chang, or as we all like to call him, Chang. I talked with Chang about his latest event, amongst others, and his Hard Rock 100 uh, adventure. News. Well, there isn't much going on at the moment regarding races, although you would have all heard by now that Translantau event has gone hybrid or virtual. This is mainly due to restrictions regarding running at night, food at checkpoints, restricting the numbers of competitors and volunteers, thus making it almost impossible to hold a 100 or 140k race. You can find all the details on their website. Also still up in the air at this time of this recording is a standard chartered marathon with a final decision still yet to be made, but we shall find out soon. However, it's not all doom and gloom, and there is still some smaller and shorter events being held, so please keep an eye out for those. Please also don't forget to sign up at track.org. You can see details of what we do and also have a chance to have your voice heard of how you want to develop this sport that we all love. There are some other happenings going on. For example, Will Haywood hosted a Trail Runners nightclub last Monday with an evening jaunt up Mount Davis and then a shiggy down along some very sketchy trail back into Kennedy Town. It's been the first time in a few years I went to one of these events and glad I did and had a great time and catched up with a few familiar faces and lots of new faces. You can find out about future events on the Facebook Trail Runners group. Also, before we go into our interview with Chang, I want to mention that there is a great video on YouTube called The True Hard Rocker, which is filmed by Jamil Khoury. His channel, uh, which is called Run Steep Get High, uh, has many videos, uh, including a couple when he did the Hong Kong 100 uh, and running around Hong Kong. So uh, it's great. I'll put the link in the bio so you can check it out. Please also let us know what else you'd like to hear on this podcast. We're always open to any suggestions and material. You can always email us at trackpodcast.gmail. That's all one word. Track, as in T-R-A-H-K, podcast at gmail.com. Anyway, that's enough for me prattling on. Let's go on to the interview with the main man himself. Today, I would like to welcome to the track podcast, the beast of the heat, Hoon Chung Chang, or most of us know him as Chang. Chang, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Hello, uh, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting me and having me uh, in this podcast. Uh, I'm very uh, excited to be here with you. I always follow you guys and I'm now uh, happy to be part of it. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, oh, that's great. Great. So, Chang, for, for our listeners, uh, could you please tell us a, a bit about yourself, who you are, where you come from, and what got you into trail running? Um, okay. I am originally uh, Korean. I was born in Korea. Uh, and when I was uh, about four years old, my family moved to Argentina. So South, South, South America is where I live pretty much half of my life uh, right now. Uh, and then uh, because of work, I started traveling in to different places. Eventually, uh, life brought me to Hong Kong uh, in 2007, uh, which is where I discovered the mountains and running as well. Uh, before that, I, I was even smoking and, you know, as I think, Many of us have yes, kind yes. Of dark side of the past uh, or story, right? Uh, so when I came to Hong Kong uh, because of work, uh, eventually I, 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 I signed up uh, into one of these Action Asia sprint races, uh, 10, 10, 11K distance, mm. uh, which I really enjoyed and, and I liked so much that uh, I, did, uh, I got hooked up as everyone else. 
Uh, and because of that, I, I started uh, running longer distances, uh, uh, 20K, 50K, and then eventually 100K. Uh, and I haven't stopped since then. And now I think it's been about uh, 12 years into, into trail running. Yeah. And uh, what can I also add is uh, pretty much since I left Hong Kong, and because I, we left Hong Kong in 2012, we moved to Chile and then to the US in New York. And uh, uh, since we came back, uh, trail running has been a big part of my life, yeah. Yeah, I've been looking at your running history and uh, I see some interesting races, such as the uh, Hong Kong 100 11 years ago in 2011. Uh, it looked like there was barely 200 runners. Uh, <laughs> can you remember that race? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, was that the first edition? I know I've done the first and the second uh, edition of Hong Kong 100. Uh, so 2011 should be the first one, right? I think. I think so. Or was it uh, that the last race was 2020, wasn't it? And wasn't that the 10th anniversary? 2020? I can't remember. Uh, right. Uh, I'm sure Steve and Janet will correct us uh, later yeah, on. Yeah, but so uh, I know, I know for sure. I I, I was part of that first edition. Uh, yeah. which, if I'm not wrong, I think it was uh, we were about 150 runners uh, around that number. Sounds sounds. Uh, I think. Uh, uh, and then what I, I also remember is that in the second edition, which I also ran, uh, uh, that number almost doubled uh, to about 300 or around that that number. I think. Yeah, I'm, so, just, I'm just looking at it now. Uh, it looks like uh, on ITRA website, uh, there was 136. Right. So I remember it was around uh, hovering around 150 or, or, or less. Yeah, yeah. So yes, I remember very well. Uh, that was my first 100K. And when uh, there was the announcement of this race and the distance, uh, I think I, I, I never ran that distance probably 50k was the maximum that I have run. Yes, and I if, I, if I'm not wrong, I think it was uh, one of the Hong Kong, uh, the Action Asia 50k uh, races. Yes, yes. So, yeah. and, and then when the 100k race was announced, I was like, oh, that's, that's the next thing I have to do, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 50 to 100, why not, right? Why not? Yeah, it's only twice the distance. Yes. That's right. Uh, and yeah, they, and we were not that many people, not so popular as what it is now. Uh, yes. And you could you could kind of uh, uh, know everyone. Uh, back then, it was even smaller community of trail running uh, people. Uh, and I remember it was also very cold. Uh, we had a cold weather, uh, and if I look at some of the pictures. I, uh, I can see myself with uh, with a with a winter hat, gloves, uh, you know, uh, so different to now. Nowadays, I think uh, it's getting hotter and hotter uh, in the last few editions. Uh, if I'm not wrong. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. But I, I remember that I I also finished quite uh, okay, uh, and, and because of that race, I said, oh, I have to I have to do it again. Uh, and that's why I ended up signing up in the in the following year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just looking. Uh, out of 136, you came 22nd. So <laughs> that's yeah. that's really good for a, a first 100k race. It's uh, pretty that's amazing. Right. That's yeah. right. Thank you. Yeah, I think it was about 16 hours uh, down there. 16 or 17 hours. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 15:07 is what okay. is registered. And okay. then the, the following year, the stats are amazing. So you went down to 12, uh, 12 hours 42, but again, you was 22nd out of 510. Right. And, right. and the thing is the ranking gender is exactly the same. You're 20th, uh, 20th uh, male uh, right. in both 2012 and 2011. So, That's uh, right. Yeah. Yes, I, 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 I do remember uh, that my timing improved quite significantly i could say uh, but that i think there's a natural progression you are mm. just getting started in the sport uh, 
uh, and and the uh, every year at the beginning the the you in, you know the more training I, I have to say i'm training much more now than back then yes but then because uh, uh, as you are just starting uh, you can get significant uh, visible improvement in time this is a, mm -hmm. a, an example right uh, and just by finishing much better than the previous year that kind of gets you more motivation uh, yes motivationally yeah. yeah yeah you say wow yeah uh, and, and 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 one one experience i can uh anecdote that i can share because of that improvement i can tell i can share uh, with everyone and i i tell this story uh, whenever people ask me about this race uh, it gave me so much confidence that i immediately went and signed up for my first hundred miler uh, in europe uh, and I, I went with so much confidence that i started uh, quite fast and you know following very fast runner because you think oh my god this is yeah I, I, i'm so good at it right so which is a lesson super uh, i i learned a super important lesson uh, uh, because obviously i ended up bonking yeah. halfway through and i ended it was that was my first dnf uh, I, I reached uh, i think i dnf at kilometer 120 around there but at kilometer 50 i already knew uh, I wasn't going anywhere, uh, mm. and that was a very important lesson for me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I saw that. Uh, I think you said you moved uh, to South America because I saw the next race, 2013. You was uh, running in Chile and Argentina. Uh, uh, how was that? Because they seemed like uh, well, they were look like smaller races. Uh, the one in Argentina, Patagonia run 100k. Only two hundred and twenty-one people. That sounds. Uh... Yes. So, in year twenty twelve, uh, uh, because of my work, I had to relocate with my family mm. to Chile, and Chile is an amazing uh, for trail runners, particularly. It's a paradise because you 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 literally have the the whole Andes mountain chain yeah, yeah. right behind your uh, back doors. Uh, uh, literally stepping out of your house, I could start climbing and running in the Andes mountain and non-stop you could go to all over to Argentina, right? So it's an amazing place. Uh, we, we really had a, a, a great time there as a family and then uh, the, 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 the trail running activity was uh, also exploding at the time when we reached there. And there were many little races here and there. Uh, the North Face 100K was one of them. And then uh, uh, the, there was another smaller race, a, a, a more community-driven race that was reaching uh, to the glacier mm. at 5,400 meters. That's another. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's, that's my first experience with altitude. Uh, and it's important I, I, I comment this because uh, based on that experience, I kind of forecasted my race in Hard Rock, which is also at altitude, yes. reaching at 4,000. Yeah. Uh, this race, uh, uh, you, you, you get to the peak of the glacier, which is at 5,400 meters, right? Uh, but then the, the specific race that you mentioned, the Patagonia run, uh, is one race that was done at the south of Argentina. Uh, on the other side of Andes, uh, a more beautiful part of the Patagonia, because there's a lot of controversy about but the Chilean Patagonia and the Argentinian yeah, Patagonia. Yeah. And I always have to talk more better about the Argentinian side of the Patagonia, of course. Uh, so that race is a, now it's becoming quite a popular race, I think. And if I'm not wrong, it, I think it's part of the one of the world uh, circuit. Uh, championships or something yeah uh, and in that race I, I i i didn't do that well as i i wanted to do because uh, there was a 80k distance and there were many distances and i i accidentally followed somebody that was going a shorter distance so i got lost and then that's another lesson uh, you know as everyone uh, when you do a race, there's always a lesson learned. And the one that I picked up on that one is if you get lost, don't try to make up time by going faster. 
to recover mm. the lost time because by I, I that's what I tried to do when I, I realized I was I was lost or I took the wrong path. I, I tried to sprint and, and, and recover the time and and that all really burned me out, uh, mm. which kind of uh, you know I I finished uh, really almost really tired and yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how would you compare the, uh, running in, uh, say, South America compared to uh, Hong Kong? Because obviously, I guess you don't really have the heat and humidity. So I guess it's uh, much different. Yes. So uh, weather-wise, uh, South America, particularly in Chile, is, is, is a hot place in summer, but dry. Mm. Uh, so much more... Uh, uh, you know, uh, comparable to Hong Kong with humidity, in Hong Kong with the, the humidity just kills you, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's more, much more bearable uh, to stand if you're okay with the, with the hot weather. Terrain-wise, uh, uh, I think the, the, the major difference with Hong Kong is you have, and that's where I, I kind of also started to uh, learn and train uh, running uphill uh, while climbing up. You know, mm. uh, bef I think I think be maybe before going there, I never used to uh, because I, I was also just getting started. I guess so. I, I don't know. Uh, I would never have thought about running uphill. There, you have gradual because, you, and that's a major difference in Hong Kong. It's very sharp. Uh, climbs very steep climbs right yes uh, yes yeah because of how our mountains here are right uh, 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 and that's i think that's a major difference uh, in, in chile or south america you have the terrain is a gradual slopes hmm. uh, that you can go for hours you know uh, yeah yeah and and not so technical uh, in terrain uh, uh, very mild uh, trails. Of course, there were technical parts as well, but uh, in Santiago, the surrounding, the trails that I used to run are very smooth, uh, smooth path, smooth trails. Uh, that, that's the major difference. It doesn't take away that if you go to other places, you will find very technical uh, 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 trails as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 The one thing I found is uh, what you don't see too much of outside of Hong Kong is concrete steps. That's right. You're right. That's yeah. a, another another major uh, difference, uh, which everyone talks about when you have any uh, foreign runner yeah, coming to yeah. Hong Kong. That's the first thing they talk about: uh, the concrete and the steps. Right. Yeah. Yes. 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 I've had many people, uh, Americans especially, when they're doing uh, Macahoe Section Four and they're climbing up Mac Four and they get yeah. almost to the top and bang, there's concrete steps there all of a sudden for no exactly. reason. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then it takes a while to get used to your legs, to uh, uh, the, the Hong Kong uh, uh, yeah. steps, all, all those steep steps, the ones, uh, especially the ones in Lantau Peak, for example, right? Yeah, uh, yes. That, yeah. I think it doesn't matter how, how good uh, or, uh, you know, how well prepared you are. Uh, when you come and try to run some of the, the, the trails in Hong Kong, uh, you, you really have to, some, you, you need some adaptation time required. Yeah. Right. So, so do you run up Lantau Peak? No way. Of course. <laughs> of course. Not. I, I wish I could. There are some sections that I try to, but it depends. Majority, no, no way I can. I can do yeah. that. I wish I can. Too I can steep. reach that level at some point. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we'll just zoom on. I guess you moved to Hong Kong around 2018, 2019, correct? And end of 2019. Yeah, uh, that is when I, uh, I I came back to Hong Kong. That's yeah, right. because I noticed uh, uh, you did a lot of races. You know, all of a sudden, if you look at your ITRA, all of, you were doing on average three to four races a day. But then in 2019, you did Nine Dragons, Trans Lantau, Garmin 100, Hardcore 100 in the Philippines. Uh, there's a race I see that you do quite often in Spain. You did Moon Trekker, Lantau, Hong Kong 168. 
North Face 100, to name a few. Did you know what was going to happen the following year in 2020? Was that why you're getting all the races in in 2019? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, that's a good way to put it. I had no idea what was coming. Uh, I don't think anyone knew about this COVID uh, thing. Uh, no, what, what the situation was really a, a lot of catching up uh, on races. Uh, and also it was the context in the sense that the first seven months or eight months that I came back from New York, uh, uh, I came by myself. Uh, my family stayed back uh, in New York to finish the, my kids had to finish the school season. Uh, so that, got, that gave me a lot of free, uh, free time over the weekends. Yeah. Uh, and and that can kind of uh, explains the correlation with uh, signing up every weekend whatever race i could <laughs> uh, uh, yeah so that that was really the, the the context and and it was you know i had to make up for lost time right <laughs> yes yes and, and, and it was also so that that's on one side and then on the second on the other angle uh, uh, it was finding out uh, that on those seven years that I was away from Hong Kong, so much has hap had happened in Hong yes. Kong. Yeah, it yeah. was an you know, it's like suddenly you come back and you see, oh my God, uh, uh, all these different race directors, this the Green Race, Nine, uh, Nine Dragon, plus all mm. the uh, Action Asia races, Hong Kong 168, and so many, right? I was like, wow, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, you was pretty much spoiled for choice every weekend. There was two to three races, uh, whatever. It was, it was a really, really good time. And I guess, in a sense, with doing all these races and all the different trails all around Hong Kong, it got you ready for four trails the following year. Yeah, I guess uh, it just happened naturally uh, uh, by doing, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one, one thing is uh, uh, by being super active, uh, uh, my motto is also uh, you are always getting prepared for something bigger uh, and you don't know yeah. what that bigger is, right? Uh, and then as I landed here, uh, I was following four trails uh, from mm. Andre uh, at a distance, uh, although I never thought about doing it and I, I really took the decision to do it when I was already here and, and I, I volunteered the first year uh, that yeah. I came back uh, uh, without thinking I would do it, but uh, by volunteering and being part of the of the Fort Trail community uh, is that what got me to say, okay, I have to do this, right? Yeah. Uh, without intentionally preparing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember following it. I think you did a Nikki Han and decided to get the seven a.m. ferry, was it? And uh, you still went and did it in under well, just around fifty nine hours. I that's think. right. That, yeah, that's right. That was a kind of a very. <laughs> I think I was a slow. I could. I can say I was the slowest finisher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that I year. Oh, I think Nikki came a few minutes later than you, didn't she? Uh, ah, year? no. So you're talking about the uh, 2021 uh, yeah, edition. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's right. Uh, because it's on 20, uh, 2020. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was uh, what I, uh, I followed Nikki's kind of path where I was one of the, I think we Jack, uh, Jack, uh, uh, Jackie, we are the few that managed to take the 7 a.m. ferry and still managed to finish, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, did she give you some good advice? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, uh, she gave me a lot of tips uh, and she's super uh, uh, knowledgeable about the trails. Uh, before the before I start, uh, you know, I, 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 I uh, she offered help mm. uh, and of course I took it and we went for a coffee and a beer uh, and I, I was taking notes, uh, all the all the aid stations, where, where to, uh, where I should be looking for water, where should be, you know, all, all the all the tips that uh, she, she, she has no problem sharing. She gave me a lot, yeah. of, lot of tips, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah. Invaluable yeah. tips, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's many people that know Lantau as well as Nikki. Uh, she's quite an encyclopedia when it comes to the trails on Lantau. She is. Yes. I'm trying to get her to write a book about it. 
Yeah, I, well, to, yeah. I still cannot manage to convince her. If she's listening, uh, which they should get more people to talk to her about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you also did nine buffaloes, uh, I believe. That, it, yes. In, in the summer. <laughs> That's right. One of the first editions of nine buffaloes. Uh, Jono had shared about uh, this uh, challenge uh, sometime in the one year before that year, I think. Uh, and then I said, I have, that's when I got, got interested uh, into it. Uh, and then I said, okay, uh, let, let's make it a little bit more challenging. And Jono had al already told me uh, he wanted to do it in the summer. Uh, and, and given that there were no races, you know, yeah. uh, you, you have, I think it's important to have like a goal to, to, to be motivated and trained, right? So, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that I did it that time. And then I, I said, I have to do this under 30 hours. That was my next challenge. Uh, so I think I gave it, I tried what? Uh, I did it two more times two more finishing finishing times but then before the last one uh, i attempted another two times which i couldn't finish uh, because of the heat itself uh, yeah 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 and then i i, I think uh, i realized I, I get to the point that i uh, i think it's impossible to do it in the in the sum in the heat yeah. in the summer under 30 hours yeah yeah unless yeah. Unless you are Chung Wong or I don't know, you know, uh, I'm sure that there, there, there is some. And there might there be, some, be Yeah, there some, might be some person who can do it, but yeah, but I, I think I can't. I, I don't think I, I, I. And then the, the other, the other uh, uh, challenging aspect you put is also, I would say, 80, 90 percent self-supported, right? Yes, that, yeah. that's the other important uh, point. Uh, you can have some support, but then if you do, if you try to do most of it unsupported, where you have to know where to stop and get uh, some some detour to get water, uh, especially at the peak of the Buddha, where you need to go to the 7-Eleven or to some, you know, uh, yes. that adds the complexity, right? Yeah. Uh, well, that's what I like about the nine buffaloes. You, you can plan sort of different routes as long as you do the trans Lantau and uh, the Lantau 70 uh, and you can plan different routes do it at the time but I guess you really have to think about because you've got to do food drops and things like that and where would be a safe place I know I did a food drop once on Lantau and by the time I got there all the rats had eaten all my food so... right yeah yeah I hear about those rats yeah, Amazing. yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've never seen. I've only ever seen rats on top of Lantel Peak once in the uh, storm shelter. I've right. seen them in there, but I've not seen them anywhere else. But yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. And I guess the other thing about summer is, oh, I found this picture uh, that I don't know if you can see it. Ah, yeah, yeah, I can see my feet exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you did you did some research, eh? So yeah, that's that's the picture from uh, the first time I did it. Yes. Uh, and you know you can have a few blisters here and there, uh, but I had so many. Uh, where literally the I think the last the whole catch water in Tung Chung uh, uh, that section and then the yeah. radio field. The last 20, 30k, I had to do it pretty much walking because it, it was so painful. But then you are so invested into it that you cannot quit at that time. Yeah. Uh, and I was so lucky that uh, uh, I know my wife was facing me. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, you always have somebody or something to hold on to uh, yeah. that just can help you get uh, moving, let's say. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what would you say would be harder? Would it be doing the four trails in the summertime or doing nine buffaloes under 30 hours? That's a good question. Uh, four trails in summertime. Yes. And I'm not trying to put ideas into Andre's head. I, well, I, you're right, uh, because you know he's always thinking about 
uh, how to make it more challenging and difficult. And actually, yeah. I, I already suggested him, you know, you want to make it even more impossible, uh, make it on summertime. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's a uh, safe, safe yeah. things to do, you know, uh, given yeah. the craziness of people. Uh, uh, what is tougher? Yeah. I think both are tough. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. I can. I cannot comment. I think both would be almost impossible. So four trails uh, as a survivor time, which is it seventy two hours? Is it seventy two hours? Seventy two hours, four trails, or thirty hours, nine buffaloes. Uh, yeah, in August. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's it's also difficult to compare. Yeah. Uh, because. Yeah. Uh, with the nine buffaloes, you can carry poles and you can, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's difficult to compare because also on four trails, you can, I guess you can take race at the, between checkpoint, between trail to trail. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Andre, uh, a fellow hard rocker, he was going to join us for the interview this evening, but he had a, a scheduling conflict, so he couldn't make it. But he did send me some questions for you. So okay. the first question from him was, uh, Hard Rock 100 is notoriously difficult to get into as a never run it before applicant. It also requires entry qualification by completing one of a few fairly limited number of 100 mile mountain races with a very few in Asia Pacific. It seems it takes a multi-year planning horizon. How did you approach this to get to Hard Rock 100? Uh, so what I did is uh, since I learned about Hard Rock, which is when I was in Chile, uh, and when I was in Chile, I was more exposed to American races. And that's how, uh, you know, you, you know about what, I guess now everyone knows more about Western States, Hard Rock, UTMB. Yeah. But you have to remember the year 2012, social media, all this, it wasn't so on to us, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, so while you knew it wasn't, you know, ah, this is a race I have to do, at least for mm. me back then. So yeah. I, I, I was exposed to hard rock uh, while I was in Chile. And because we were getting more information from uh, American races, right? Mm. Uh, so since I learned there, I said, oh, wow, this seems an amazing race along UTMB. Uh, and I want to do this. Uh, and since then, uh, I always tried to, I had the goal in my mind that I, I, I and then that, that, that's another very important point. Unlike Western States or UTMB, there's a fairly limited number of races in the world. And now here in Asia, even, even more limited, right? Yeah. Uh, but coming to the point how, how I was preparing for that, uh, every year I had one race uh, uh, in, uh, as a goal I had to do. Uh, which try to qualify at least Western States and Hard Rock. So I, 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 I will go for the list of races, um, especially the most limited one is Hard Rock, and I will pick which one I can do. Uh, mm. uh, and since then, I've been always trying to apply uh, every year to do one race. Uh, and I can also share that when I came to Hong Kong, uh, the first thing you do is to see. Uh, so in the US, it was easy. Easy, relatively more accessible because, you know, I, I was living in New York and then I, all the other all logistics, you, uh, all the races were in Virginia or somewhere else and you mm. had to drive and so, but more manageable. But when I came to Hong Kong and I saw the limit, even more limited number of races, you know, the next one was, it happened to be hardcore uh, in Philippines, yeah. uh, which is the reason why I went to, to do that race. Uh, in addition to, well, I, I really learned about the race by chance also, because I then uh, I started to uh, hang out with Nikki, Tanya. Tanya yeah. had done it twice, I think, or three times or two times, I think. Uh, uh, she did 100K and then she wanted to do the 100 mile edition. Uh, and and she said, ah, let's let's go to do the uh, the hardcore in Philippines. It's an amazing 
uh, course, super tough, uh, an incredible community of people. Uh, and then and then I saw you was in the list and I said, I have to do this. Mm. Uh, and that's how I, I ended up going, going with Will, uh, Nikki, Tanya, and myself. Uh, it, was a, it was a great week. Uh, 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 which, you know, and I'm very lucky that I did that because after that, you know, COVID happened. Yes, yeah. And, and you just couldn't travel anymore. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it made things much more limited, I guess. I do remember the photographs Nikki and uh, Tanya were posting with the Hardcore 100. Uh, I remember that quite well. Uh, second. Yeah. The second and question. I, sorry, sorry. And I, I can I can also add because it's been ten years signing up every year, and I think this is an important part. Uh, and it's so difficult to get in. Uh, at the time after that, I said, okay, this is this is it. I'm you know uh, because after that there's no more races. That was 2019. Yeah. And then 2020, I couldn't do any more race. 2021, I couldn't do any more race. But when I, I was looking to, into re, the registration for Hard Rock, luckily they had put the 2019 edition of Hardcore still as a qualifier. And mm. by chance, uh, I, I, I use it and then I got- uh, You got the spot. I got the spot in the lottery, you know? Yes, yeah. It's an amazing coincidence or luck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> how how many people apply for it every year? Do you know how many people are in? I have no idea. I know I know it's a lot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah Probably a few thousand. Probably a few thousand. Probably because obviously the sport's got more and more popular over the last few years. Uh, you know, when you yeah, see yeah, big right. races how they were 10 years ago, like for example, Hong Kong 100 with, you know, uh, just over two well less than 200 people uh 10 11 years ago in 2011 and look at it now as probably the one of the hardest races to get into uh before covid you know you yes, had to go through think, the lottery yeah i think yeah it's through lottery right yeah 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 and how many people are running now in the last edition i don't know a few thousand people maybe? uh yeah i think they're limited to 1500 or 2000 i'm not too sure right uh right. i think the the biggest one is uh otw gets the the biggest amounts because it's in yeah, teams yeah, of four yeah. so yeah but, yeah, so I'll just move on to the second question from Andre now, uh, and he says, uh, one of the unique challenges of Hard Rock, Hard Rock 100 is the high elevation. The course is 2,400 meters at its lowest point. On average, it's just 3,400 3, meters, and it tops out at 4,281 meters above sea level. I understand you have arrived a few days prior to the race. What was your strategy to uh, mitigate the altitude? How did you prepare yourself for the altitude? Uh, so I, I was a bit naive uh, to think that training in the heat and humidity, as you read, training in humidity, there's some liter literacy about uh, uh, being at some sort of uh, equivalent uh, to train in the, in the heat and humidity to to uh, simulate uh, altitude training. I can, mm. I can tell you now, it's all bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no similarity whatsoever. It doesn't work, or at least it didn't work on me. So to your question on what was the strategy, that was my strategy uh, because I, uh, that was it. And really go and whatever it is and, uh, and do your best uh, as usually happens to be my strategy. Uh, so that was my compensating kind of uh, uh, training plan, uh, train as much as possible in the heat with the humidity, uh, 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 the lack of, uh, you know, it's more difficult to, to breathe in the, in the heat of Hong Kong, uh, as you very well know, uh, when it's super hot, super humid, uh, mm -hmm. and then do as much as uh, uh, elevation uh, repeats. So I will go to time motion a couple of times to do time motion repeats or land topic repeats. Uh, uh, as, and, and, I, and I thought that, that that would be the closest I could uh, uh, get to uh, some sort of simulate 
uh, what you feel on the on the on the on the elevation. Uh, I I think it has not no it's no comparison really. Uh, and then because you know I I, I unfortunately I couldn't go <clears throat> earlier. Uh, they recommend at least two weeks. You have to go two weeks earlier, uh, which uh, because of you know work work schedule and you know you just can't, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I just did my best to arrive there as early as possible in, in my, which was three days before, uh, which could have which is also a mistake because there's a, the the other theory that they say that if you cannot. Uh, arrive at least 10, 14 days earlier. There is some theory that says then the next best strategy is to reach, uh, get the latest possible, meaning you should pretty much land on the same day of the race. Wow. Uh, uh, to, to then your body goes into some sort of shock mechanism, you don't realize the uh, the difference of the uh, altitude and you are still able to kind of uh, uh, perform in a way right yeah uh, uh, yeah do you, do you get any sort of uh, effects like for example uh, last winter I was in uh, Tenerife and uh, I used to go up uh, Pika El Tid quite a lot which goes up to three thousand seven hundred meters. Uh, and there's some trails there that hang around about 2,500 to 2,800 meters. And the first time I ever went up there, I think after about an hour, I started getting headaches uh, and my heart rate was quite a bit more elevated. And then when I went above 3,500 3, meters, the headaches seemed to get a bit more uh, you know, intense and I would feel a lot more fatigued. Now, uh, do you get any sort of... Uh, effects at all being at that high altitude yes so uh, the the first effect i i i, I felt is uh, uh, out of breath you know running out of breath yeah. while uh, getting about three thousand meters yeah uh, and i remember uh, and that's why i mentioned the experience in chile doing this race where it's called andes infernal mm. uh, 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 where you had to reach up to five thousand meters uh, uh, i remember after 3,000 meters, I could cope. And in, in High Rock, uh, uh, it was similar. Uh, the first 20K, it was 10, 10, 15K. I was steady and doing well. And then as you cross 3,000 and 3,500 meters, I could feel the, 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 the uh, feeling out of breath uh, while breathing. Mm. Uh, uh, so then you slow down. Uh, which was fine, and that was what I had planned to do. Uh, you just slow down, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but then, as I got into more altitude uh, uh, and more distance, about 40k in, uh, I started to feel uh, some pain in my in my groin, uh, mm. where lifting my leg was a bit painful, uh, and to. To this point, I don't know if it's an after effect or a secondary effect of less, I, I, I have no idea, less oxygen in your body or, you, or something on my mind or, you know, I know mm. my legs were trained, you know, I've, I've done so many lantopic repeats yeah. uh, that I'm okay with, uh, uh, with my joints and my, uh, you know, up and down, up and down, the bouncing uh, on, on your legs. Uh, so I don't know what what, what happened to me uh, at that point that I, I, I had some uh, uh, I had some pain lifting my leg uh, and to this to this day I, I have no idea if it's a, if it's a secondary effect of of the altitude or because I've been trying to find out any correlation you know the symptoms mm -hmm. uh, about a, a lack of oxygen in altitude and there's nothing mentioning about this kind of you know, you, ha you have headache, uh, out of breath, uh, respiratory problems, and yeah. nothing about uh, muscular problems, especially in the, in the, in the groin, you know, uh, area. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Did you take, because uh, you know, a lot of these watches and devices now, they measure your uh, blood oxygen level. Did you ever get a chance to measure that? 
No, no, I didn't. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm wearing the latest Garmin and I, I know that it has that feature, but I didn't, yeah. I wasn't checking on that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, because I also had the battery uh, on, on, on uh, you know, the battery level, just yeah. track GPS and uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, because I was doing it on mine as I was climbing and I noticed from sea level, I was usually around about 99, 98% oxygen level but it went down to 74 percent when i was uh, above 3000 meters so right. it, uh, you know so i'm just curious to know if you measured yours or not and what your level went yeah, down yeah, so, no, I can't, I, I yeah, yeah it's just one of those maybe useless facts because you know you wouldn't know what to do anyway if it got so exactly low. what uh, what difference will that make knowing <laughs> yeah. that you... it's not going to make you feel better no. exactly yeah right so the third question from andre now you have been able to run many hundred mile races in the mountains in different parts of the world. How does Hard Rock 100 compare? Uh, I, I, I can I can say uh, this has been the toughest hundred mile race I've ever done. Uh, you know, very strongly that affirmation. Uh, and if you ask why, it's just because of the attitude. It's just, uh, it's just a different it's just mm. a different game you know uh, you really need to have adapted your body uh, and training in, in altitude it makes a i think it makes a huge difference right yeah, yeah. and i've been uh, to as andre was saying uh, i've been to some very extreme uh, extreme weather uh, races uh, in, in 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 europe uh, the grand raid the Pyrenees, for example or yes. the, the more notable one is the one uh, in the south of chile uh, it's called ultra fjord uh, where there were extreme weather conditions with strong wind and, and rain where uh the the mud it was it gets so muddy that your the mud would get at your at your belt level when you you know, you, you you literally your legs were sinking at your belt yeah, level yeah. with you know, very extreme conditions and terrain. Uh, but even then, you can still get going with the altitude. It just you know you you cannot do anything about it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So the fourth question from Andre: Hard Rock One Hundred is a very small event with just one hundred and forty-five participants. Tell us about the atmosphere of the events, the level of aid station support and general support from the community in the affiliated towns and locations. Uh, so this is the thing about the American races, you know, the uh, I, I have to say I kind of like these kind of races where uh, there are it's a smaller group It's kind of you have it has the the feel of a community uh, and mm. and in a way you get to know pretty much everyone yeah. uh, that they, they won't become your best friends whatever but you get to know a little bit of backstory about each one of them uh, and then you know uh, you 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 build a network of people you know that i think in a way they will, you you stay connected uh, with them and i can tell you not just because of hard rock but because of other races i've been doing in the u.s uh, uh, and I think Americans are in that way, they are doing it. I, I guess it's difficult to say better or worse than European races, where you know the European races, mass of people. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hundreds and thousands of people, and uh, it's a big show. Yeah. Uh, Americans, uh, I think they took a different path, and they're still keeping that route grass uh, grassroots kind of feeling uh, yeah. which gives you a different vibe and uh, it connects you with you know it's, a, it's a very different and also uh, uh, on the a, a stations I, I think it's the level of uh, food uh, drinks is about the same mm. But the difference is, uh, I can you can see in the in in, in the American race the, the a stations. Each a station has a different flavor. The the community behind that village or that yeah. station, they will do. They're they're competing each other to do the, the best uh, feature dish. For example, one would be mm. 
uh, bacon with avocado and another one will be tacos with burritos and you know this kind of it's just amazing the love and time that they put into 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 each uh, preparing each station yeah so mm. ah, sounds amazing <laughs> it uh, is yes uh, and the last question from andre he says, uh, following your progress online, it seems you had a good first half, but then struggled and you rested at an aid station for several hours. What was going on there? What made you eventually continue and carry on and finish? Yes, so I think up to uh, mile 50, which was uh, Animas Forks, uh, which is, uh, I guess, around between 80K. Uh, um, I, I, I think I was still moving quite well, but mm. before reaching to uh, Animas Forks, uh, I ran with my wife. She was pacing me from Uray. Uh, Uray is at about kilometer 70. Uh, I, I was already feeling this pain I was telling you. And yeah. in, my, in my head, you know, uh, it triggers uh all the negativity <laughs> whether you're gonna make it i'm sure you and everyone yeah yeah goes through that path right uh but here it wasn't about just keeping up and going mm -hmm. uh, it was also uh, this small a little pain that just couldn't see your leg moving uh, uh, and i i got to animas fork already with kind of mindset that i i wouldn't be able to finish mm in the time I wanted to finish, right? Uh, I, I had quite a aggressive time, I, I could say, uh, that I wanted to finish because I think based on my experience and similar altitude and elevation, I, I, I knew I could, I think I can do that in that time. But when I, 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 I already knew I, I was going to completely miss that goal, and in addition to, to the pain I was feeling, I said, I, I, I would rather drop here. And uh, at Animas Fork is when I said, okay, I'm just gonna sleep, right? And see what happens. Uh, but with, 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 the, with the idea that when I wake up, I'm just gonna drop. Mm. Uh, but that A station is a little bit, uh, 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 it's not very accessible by car, so you need a four-wheel drive. So there were not many. Uh, it wasn't easy. It's not an easy a station to drop, really. So my yeah. wife ran with me at that until that point, and when she knew uh, what the state of my mind, she said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop him here mm. because if I st I'm, st I'm, 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 I'm staying at his side, uh, he will, you know, he will try to DNF." Yeah. So she, she found her way out uh, and she left me there like a poor child <laughs> and she abandoned me completely, which was the right thing to do, right? Sometimes yeah, these yeah. positions uh, 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 and she has a kind of quite an anecdote there because then she was doing a, a hitchhiking because uh, there were no cars and yeah. Courtney, Courtney's mom and husband to, uh, lifted her and took her to town uh, and but that's another story but uh, so when I woke up and I realized she was gone uh, I said okay how the, the volunteers there tell me you cannot DNF here DNF in the next one mm. in the next A station and then if you look at the, a, the, the, the elevation and I, I still had a big climb to do to get to the, yeah I said okay fine I'll, I'll just walk to the next a, a station and see what happens right mm. so that's how uh, uh, after uh, uh, kind of snoozing, I didn't manage to sleep all two hours and 47 minutes. It was, uh, you know, when you are in that state where you snooze, you know, you're kind of uh, sleep and wake up, sleep and wake yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, after two hours and 47, I said, okay, I'm, let, let, I'm, I'm just going to keep walking and see what happens. And then that's how I managed to get to the next aid station, also with the intention to quit. Uh, uh, and then the volunteers there, again, they managed to convince me to, to move on uh, to the next one. To move yeah. on. And, but then they had a strong argument there because after that one, the next one was only 6K and yeah. a flat 
uh, 6k flat gravel kind of uh, road yeah you know uh, this rocky road uh, uh, so they had a point right uh, i i just couldn't uh, stop there right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah as well walk to the next one and on the way there uh, i i bump into these other two american runners yeah. uh, 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 chris and ace their names uh, which now i'm very well connected with them i'm very happy to have met them and they kind of convinced me chang you can be uh, uh, the first korean uh, to drop in <laughs> hard rock and that kind of boost my my uh, you know uh, morale and 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 help me get to the next station and and slowly started to feel a little bit better uh, and that's how I managed to continue. Yeah. Mm. Uh, how did it feel when you came down and you saw the big white rock? Well, yeah, that was like I just couldn't believe it, right? Uh, 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 and I was very lucky to be greeted by, uh, as I was uh, uh, getting close to the village. Uh, uh, uh the you know the editor of I, I ran far brian yeah yeah that's right so uh, as i was entering the village i was greeted by brian power who happened to be going on his way to the uh, finishing line and, and at crazy hours you know god knows yeah. what he was doing at two three in the morning uh, uh so we ran uh, we ran uh, the last k or 500 meters around there uh, and he was he really encouraged me, you know, telling me how amazing uh, this is, the whole experience and the fact that you are there doing something that yeah. you like, very emotional. Uh, and then when you finally reach to the to the end and you see the, 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 the rock, uh, uh, you, a lot of memories come at the same time together. Yeah. Super excited and an unbelievable uh, feeling. Uh, and as I was telling you, uh, at the same time, very back in the back of your mind, you also feel a little bit of sadness. Yeah. Uh, you know, the joy of finally, of course, I, I was like, oh my God, finally, sake, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is over. I don't have to suffer anymore. Uh, and a lot of mixed emotions, right? The, 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 the excitement, the, 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 the gratitude uh, of how you, how you got there. Uh, but then combined with this a bit of sadness kind of emotion because yeah. you know this whole thing that you've been preparing for the last 10 years uh, is coming to an end and you don't want in a way uh, you don't want that to, to, to end yeah. right yeah. yeah yeah but of course super happy and and, and, uh, and also very uh, just relieved in a way that you 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 got it you made it you're there it's, a, it's an, an amazing experience yes so will you do it again oh yes absolutely absolutely now i have to uh, uh, and that's that's another uh, so there were two reasons that uh, uh, kept me going to say uh, even if i'm the last person uh, when i knew i i wanted to dnf and, and as you go through the journey you, you start preparing a lot of reasons and, and justifications and, and, and uh, uh, what to tell people or, or even myself, right? Uh, mm. to, 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 to justify why you stop, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and, 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 and you come with many uh, reasons and excuses, right? But then at the same time, uh, 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 there were two reasons that kept me going. One is uh, I had my, all my kids fly with me we took six planes to get there uh, wow. and and you know the, the the whole family we are a family of five plus my brother uh, that uh, flew from san francisco to crew me and getting everyone into this and just quitting because uh, I, I i just thought it's not the right thing to do and especially kind of uh, uh, what kind of example i'm, I'm giving to my kids Mm. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, you, you, yeah. you have so many uh, uh, drawbacks, whatever you do, and then you suddenly uh, drop because you know, I think that was the, not the right message. 
And then the second motivation, uh, also important, uh, less important, but uh, in, a way, in a way motivating was, uh, I, I thought I had to, I had to be for next year on the finishers, uh, in the finishers list to be able to qualify again. Mm. Because as you know, the pool of the lottery tickets is much smaller than the never runners or yeah. never, never. Yeah. So, uh, uh, because I was, you know, so, so embedded in my head that I, I, I know I can do it in a, in a better time or at least the, the time that I, I, I set myself to do. Uh, uh, and I think as long as I'm better acclimatized uh, with the altitude, I, I, I'm strong believer that I can do it. Uh, and I, I really want to come back and, and, and this time I will have a full year to uh, plan my uh, uh, traveling plans with work, uh, try to accommodate better uh, how you know how much before I, I, I have to be there to, to, to be more better acclimatized yeah. right yep. yeah 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 so now it's done uh, what's your next goal uh, my next goal is, is to continue uh, uh, keeping the discipline, Mm. Uh, I have a, uh, if you, if you see on my training logs, I have a fairly flat training hours and distance. Mm. Uh, so I just hope that I can keep doing it, uh, which is important, right? And I think that has, that also has given me the, a little bit of the longevity of my uh, quasi self running career if you can call it a career right uh, uh, being the, the keeping that this the discipline and the constancy on on on, on my training you know uh, every day trying to do a little bit something mm -hmm. uh, so that that's really my goal and then if you're talking about events uh, there's another thing that i try to do once a year which is a, a, i try to do it once uh, every year, uh, an Ironman distance triath triathlon uh, event. Mm. Uh, so I try to do, you know, uh, uh, it's part of the training. Try to mix it up, and and and, and it's good to have a, a, a race in in, 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 in in as a goal, so I can train. Yeah. I'm really bad. I'm a really bad swimmer, uh, even worst cyclist. But then. Knowing that I have to, I, I need to do some a, a triathlon event forced me to, to 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 do a bit of swimming and a bit of cycling. So the next one I'm trying to do is something I call Lantau Extreme, mm. which is gonna be the, a, a, on the 10th of September, a, and and it's a it's an Ironman distance triathlon where you do a, you swim across 3.8k in the Muiwo Beach. Yeah, and then you do uh, about one seventy k course on the on the bike to Lantau, all around Lantau, uh, uh, climbing about four thousand meters climb on on the bike, and right after that uh, you do a ma full marathon distance on the trail, uh, uh, climbing approximately about I think it's about two thousand seven hundred meter elevation. Wow. Yeah. 42, 41-ish K distance. So that's that's what I have in mind uh, in, actually in a couple of weeks, really. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it's still going to be hot. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah, that's right. So the the, 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 the reasoning of the, uh, when I say Lantau Extreme uh, is also because of the hot weather. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is part of an, uh, an extreme. It's called the Extreme a brand of uh, triathlon uh, races all over the world uh, yeah. uh, and the extreme part is with cold weather so you're supposed to do on cold cold water a bit cold cold weather but hong kong we don't have cold weather right no, we don't have cold water either we don't have cold water so th yeah. and that's why i'm uh, uh, i try to do this uh, the opposite of cold is hot yeah. So uh, that's kind of the, the challenge to do it in, in hot weather. So I will have done this in July, yeah. uh, but because of Hard Rock, I, I postponed to uh, after Hard Rock. Uh, 
uh, and that's why now I'm doing it in September, which is still hot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, yeah. have you have you thought of bad water? Uh, yes, yes, I, I I have it on my bucket list at some point. I will, I I I have some intention to do it in the future. <laughs> that Absolutely. Is... Oh, that's that one's insane. I don't know which one will be worse, bad water or doing the Barclay marathons. It's, uh, you know, uh, uh, those things. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, uh, maybe we can ask Andre, in, yeah. uh, because he, he's done bad water, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He hasn't done the Barclays. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know anyone in Hong Kong who's done the Barclays. Uh... Uh, I know of a person that almost got to it, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting anyway. Yeah, uh, that would yeah. be super interesting. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah everyone yeah, watching. Yeah, yeah. Everyone watching Twitter for three days. <laughs> <laughs> one account. One account on Twitter. Yes. That's well, right. Chang, uh, it's been great having you. I don't want to keep you any further, uh, but it's been fantastic uh, having you and uh, talking about uh, your adventures. And uh, hope to see you on Lantau sometime, uh, running yes. around. Uh, Absolutely. You know, Nine Buffaloes is on my mind. I've just got to pick the right time and conditions for it. Uh, but uh, yes, I look forward to picking uh, uh, your brain about that. But in the meantime, I've got to say, thank you so much for coming along. No problem. And, uh, thank you. It'll be great to talk to you again soon on any of your next adventures. Absolutely. No, thank you for inviting me. I'm very happy to to talk about uh, one of my passions and share my experience with people. So anytime, uh, thank you again for inviting me to, to the podcast. Okay, and uh, <laughs> let me we can chat about. Let me know when you're gonna do the your next land, uh, nine buffaloes and happy yeah. to support or uh, anything. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Before we go, I just want to mention the sad loss of a member of our trail running community, the lady with the most infectious smile, Fredelina Alberto, who passed yesterday. Thoughts and prayers go to Mark and Isabella and all close family and friends, and please accept our deepest condolences. May her memory be a blessing.